You, me, and HIFMB. Stories of science and the sea. Hey all. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Christine Tietje, who is our scientific coordinator in the Marine Governance Group. And we met here because she was a, a scientific coordinator in my previous project, um, which tried where, where she tried to coordinate five um, different projects under the same call, all based in Germany, and tried to coordinate a the culmination of those uh, projects in a policy recommendation um, action, basically in an event that was held earlier this year. And further, we talk about what it means to be a scientific coordinator, what, how, how she got there, how she got the various roles, what it means to work part-time, and like we always do on this podcast, uh, talk about how she got where she is today. And with that, I give you Christine Tietje. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the HFMB podcast. Today, I have Christine Tietje, the governance scientific coordinator of the governance group. Hi, Jan. Great, great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, no worries. So scientific coordinator, that's uh, one role that we haven't covered on the podcast yet. And I yep. would um, like to get into what that is, like what kind of job is it? Okay, first of all, a great job, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy being having this job. Yeah. But it's um, about, I think I, I thought about it before we met today. And I think it's all about being a good listener, first mm -hmm. of all, um, being creative, trying to craft some events and ideas to bring people together. Yeah to build synergy, also to uh, leverage some, yeah, the visibility of projects and collaborative research actions. Okay. And basically it's writing emails and talking to people. <laughs> you don't coordinate the science that is going on, you coordinate uh, between the scientists. Yeah, I coordinate between the scientists. I think one of the major resources of scientists is time. Yeah. And to bring or to make a platform to bring people together, to work together and create something new, I think that's what I was doing in my past three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I have a scientific background, of course, mm -hmm. but I don't do science myself, with a little exception. I actually work with two colleagues of mine on a um, project which might end up in a publication, but we'll see this. It's not. It's oh, not can you talk about it? Uh, you don't have to. <laughs> just roughly. Okay. It's about processes, how you uh, co-create and work to to together in a transdisciplinary context. Mm -hmm. Basically it. And it's, it's also reflecting on some measures and some research practices of the Belmont Forum projects, mm -hmm. which I was working on uh, in, the la in my last position. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing I'm going to get into in a second. But first, you coordinate scientists in HFMB for the governance group now, more specifically. How many scientific coordinators do we have? Oh, I think it's not so many. It's um, I think Ruth, Ruth Krause is a scientific coordinator at yeah. our HIFMB. Mm -hmm. And then we have the transfer office, but this, these are um, pure, let's call it pure scientists yeah. and, and communicators. I yeah. would frame it like that. Okay. And of course, there's people like Sophie, which are super supportive in her role. But I think, yeah, but yeah. I think she has another role. It's not officially uh, the position of a scientist coordinator. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. All right. And you mentioned before you were uh, employed under a Belmont Forum project. Mm -hmm. Can you can you briefly explain what what that is? So it's um, I was employed um, as a scientific coordinator in a project that was funded by the BMBF. Okay. And it the, the, was uh, Bundesministerium für Bildung und Forschung. So the Federal Ministry for Education and Science. Exactly. Re re uh, research. Research, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And this coordination position was uh, positioned actually at the HFMB, but um, I was in charge together with colleagues of mine, which are 
I'm still working on the project and are located in Sweden and also in the US. Mm -hmm. So we work together as a coordination team on a um, collaborative research action mm -hmm. that was initiated by the Belmont Forum, Future Earth and JPI Oceans. And the name of the call is Transdisciplinary Research for Ocean Sustainability. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a framework for 13 projects that were funded, I think, in, at the beginning of 2020. Uh, 2020 sorry, mm -hmm. not 2020. 2020. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> and um, it's different projects and the precondition for those projects were that one project is a collaboration of a minimum three countries mm -hmm. involving um, actors in science or scientific researcher but also stakeholders from different um, with different backgrounds and these projects cover many different themes all working toward sustainable ocean mm -hmm. from artificial reefs in Madagascar to assessment frameworks for ocean multi-use so marine spatial planning mm -hmm but also ocean acidification, global shipping questions, policy and also economic questions, and also conservation management plans for ocean funds. And there's also the Marisco project. Yes. I know you were a part of it. Maybe yeah. you can, maybe when it was Ron Freyth, talk about Marisco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a leg up on this because I, I, I was uh, involved in the Syncra Ocean is, I think, the abbreviation Syncrate Ocean was my project it's yeah. a CRA Ocean yeah okay. CRA Ocean yeah so it, it was all under this call um, research call for actions or something it's called by the Belmont Forum one of the projects was Marisco which I have no idea what it stands for to be honest it was a really long thing but through the magic of editing I could look it up and it stands for kind of uh, marine research and innovation for a sustainable management of coasts and oceans Marisco which awesome. I think <laughs> in Spanish also means seashell or fish seafood it means seafood so yeah and in in this project we looked at two sites uh, the the Wadden sea in uh, part of the southern north sea here in europe and the algoa bay in south africa and and we wanted to see how biodiversity is changing there what its effect is on people and yeah how we can manage it better in creation and co-design with the stakeholders there oops <laughs> yeah, and that was one of the very interesting projects. And, but but also there were projects, I, I missed it and I wrote it down over here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on ocean conflict. And I'd say, I think it's more than two projects dealing with ocean conflicts yeah. and resources of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you coordinated between those projects. Yeah, yeah. so I was responsible uh, mainly for um, those projects with German participation. So um, we had five projects where either the project lead was located in Germany mm -hmm. or project partners. Mm -hmm. But I was also in charge of um, coordinating actions and workshops and sessions and some other events together with my colleague from Sweden, Michael Gilek and Fred Saunders, mm -hmm. and also a former colleague who was also part of the coordination team um, from the US, Megan. And now we have Fanny um, Kispe on our team. And soon there's going to be a new person that will be located at HIFMB yeah. because I recently switched positions and mm. um, a new person will take over my, my role. Yeah. So the whole project, I think a little bit of the background, at least for our project, which was one of the five German ones that got totally shot to pieces by the corona pandemic. Because when the uh, proposal was, was put in, we had a lot of plans of traveling between South Africa, the US, uh, Germany. And all of this didn't happen. Um, so partly the German funding didn't get extended. So my funding didn't get extended. But our project partners, they did get extended by a year. So and now all, all of these projects were kind of like out of sorts. And some of them are still running and yes. some of them are finished. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's the situation right now. Yeah. Okay. 
and you were coordinating while they were running you were within the pandemic you were coordinating between yes them. exactly yeah. yeah i was during the pandemic and even after i mean when every lab and travel was possible again yeah. people could work on the study sites and the case studies again but it wasn't only marisco being affected by the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, many of those projects because they are highly international and yeah. they have many of them work with case studies that are sometimes also in remote places and there were many travel restrictions so it was a big challenge to um, have this transdisciplinary project with so many actors um, in charge bringing them to work but I think um, they were quite successful yeah no, but also a big challenge of course yeah exactly transdisciplinarity for everyone who doesn't know is like um, so you, you go beyond science so interdisciplinarity would be you are between scientific disciplines and then trans is including stakeholders Uh, managers, um, societal actors. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Side actors, yeah. Societal, societal yeah. actors, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> NGOs, um, all of that. Yeah, you include them all in a transdisciplinary project. And that makes it so beautiful, but also so complicated. Exactly. Right? Especially during the pandemic, yeah. when we had so many workshops planned in our project and, and they all didn't materialize because, oh, well, yeah, they did materialize, but online. Um, mm -hmm. And it would have been a lot cooler if we could all just be in a room, stick our heads together and just work on on making the one sea or Algoa Bay better yeah, yeah it's it's all about being capable of uh, adaptation right <laughs> yeah exactly yes yeah we did adapt yeah um so now you've uh switched positions you you mentioned yeah, yeah. and and you will be replaced by is it known who yet or uh it's not official okay i i've already been in contact with a person okay. uh, super great <laughs> okay all right <laughs> exactly cool it soon will be official yeah and then they will continue doing this for another two years it's or? for yeah for 1.5 years i assume okay and it's um yeah the idea is to work more with the international cohort since mm -hmm. the um, german based project that the funding is um it's, it's finished at the moment mm -hmm. and there are already plans of course this is all top secret but um, <laughs> i have heard that there are some ideas to have some site maybe or um, apply for site activities at the Ocean Decade Conference mm -hmm. in Barcelona. We never know if this is going to be accepted, right? Yeah. But great and cool stuff is going to happen soon. Yeah, nice. Sweet. And, and maybe to make this whole science coordination stuff more graspable and more uh, hands-on, um, do you have some examples of, of what you produced during your time in the projects? Sure. Yeah. So there's two projects or two uh, actions, I call it actions. Yeah, yeah actions, yes. <laughs> I like a lot because we ended up having actually producing something you can touch when you print it because it's illustrations, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like these illustrations a lot. And at the beginning of my project and uh, at the Syncre um, Ocean Project, I teamed up with my colleague Ruth Krause from the HFMB. Mm -hmm. And we were involved in the VCOP days. So the Virtual Early Career Ocean Professional Uh, day and it was uh, within the framework of the ocean decade it was just a day of great and inspiring program which was hosted by in germany by some of those great initiatives over here in yeah. germany and they kicked it off in germany and after a certain um, time or certain slots it was handed over to another country mm -hmm. so it went around the globe uh, within 24 hours ah, okay it was a very um, intense and great experience and we were part of it with one workshop it was an official ocean decade um, action mm -hmm. And we had a live discussion on uh, mental health for early career researcher in ocean science, basically. Mm -hmm. And we had a graphical recorder with us and she made a great illustration or a great poster, which you can freely download at the HIFMWE website if you would be interested and you can use it. Yep. And there's like, yeah, a lot of 
different animals and I mean no let's talk about this workshop first yeah yeah exactly <laughs> not about the output so we had some people some early career researchers who were willing to share their stories and their experiences I mean I'm not a professional um, working with mental health right it's mm -hmm. just a topic we all face on in our daily work and it was also about motivation when you work with the most pressing challenges of the globe right mm. biodiversity crisis um Uh, climate crisis and all the wars and it's all about taking care of yourself and managing that you still have the capacity to uh, work on your projects yeah, um, as an early career researcher but not only as early career re researcher of course and we had a poll asking all the participants uh, who had um, already experienced some uh, mental health issues I'm not sure if this is the right phrase here but I was impressed in a negative way because more more than I think 65% of the participants indicated that they already experienced um, yeah some or they uh, are dealing for example with imposter syndrome or yeah, okay. um, stuff like that so I, it was really intense but also on the other hand those participants shared their ideas and tricks mm -hmm. how to keep the motivation high from their experience right and this illustration i was talking about you have different animals for example there's a goby and the pilot shrimp um, representing this great symbiosis you mm -hmm. have in the ocean mm -hmm. and they have a a, a bubble like uh, a like in a comic and okay, it's yeah. uh, written over is there um i need to read it out <laughs> <laughs> it's written um co-create a valuing and caring culture for example okay and another example on this illustration you really have to have a look because it's colorful and fancy and great and gives us good vibes but there's another one <laughs> it's a sea urchin and it says set boundaries yeah so take care of yourself yeah so that's basically it and it was it was great it was inspiring but also it's yeah mm. Was this only created at HFMB or, or was it only participants from HFMB? Or from uh, no, it was um, an open call. Okay. Uh, so we used different um, social media platforms beforehand yeah. to um, ask for volunteers who'd like to be part of this live discussion. Okay. And we had them in this workshop and parallel people could just um, listen to yeah. the workshop, right? Okay. They were also able to um, interact with us via this poll or also via asking questions uh, in the chat window. Yeah. Did you have a lot of feedback on this? Like this is, I'm, I'm sure this is a quite a unique output, right? For a science coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had feedback on it. Very diverse. Um, because it's also, it's, some of this is really playful. It's also about talking about dance to crazy music, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate it a lot. And people were um, smiling after the workshops. And and we even had a um, follow-up session with mm -hmm. those um, people that participated, actively participated on it. And we talked about it and... Yeah, I think it was quite positive feedback. Mm -hmm. And I hope, and um, I can only also talk um, um, for Ruth as well, we both hope that, of course, we bring some, we, we I mean, we it's not our ideas, right? The people that participated hopefully shared some great um, ideas how to keep your motivation high. And of course, there's always the option to seek for help, right? If you yeah. suffer um, severe mental health issues and... Um, um, take care of yourself, uh, take a break and just seek f seek or for help for professional help, right? Exactly. Like it's highlighted in the in the output. It's a it's a cool output. You should really look at it. If you just Google VCOP, so V E C O P and H I F M B you'll find it. It's collective steps for healthy researchers and healthy oceans. Yep. Yep. And then with Syncra Ocean you did uh, another 
great output, another another science coordination output that you want to talk about. Yeah, it would yeah. be great. Uh, first of all, I forget that my PI, of course, is Helmut Hellebrand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not the PI, uh, but it was super great that, uh, to work together with him. And also Ruth uh, Kausu was involved in in framing my position. So mm. I really wanted to mention those two. Thanks to both of you. And hello, shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> big, big shout out. <laughs> like Helmut was also my PI at Morisco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the other um, action or event or meeting I wanted to talk about was a knowledge transfer event we organized. Mm -hmm. And this was mainly the final uh, meeting of those projects with German participation. So mm -hmm. five of those, uh, Bauman Forum, um, Siri Oceans call. And we met, I mean, I couldn't say that I met because I was sick with COVID, so I couldn't join. Yeah, but you organized it all. Yeah. I remember this. <laughs> like, I was at the call, uh, at the at the final meeting as well. It was really well organized. Yeah, from my, my living room. Yeah. And uh, so basically, the group of people and uh, also people from HIFMB went to Berlin to the Wissenschaftsforum. So mm. we had a room over there and um, we or you met um, one day and you worked together on a, again, on an illustration. Mm -hmm. Um, together with an illustrator, I need to say again, she was awesome, um, Charlotte Hinsmann. Was it and the same illustrator as for the other one? No, the other no. one was Gabriele Schlipf. Ah, okay. So many different people. Right. And this output was all about the why. Why is transdisciplinary research for ocean sustainability so important? Mm -hmm. But also, how can you ensure or what do you need to conduct those projects? Yeah. And the third question was, what do you need to make these projects successful, right? Yeah. So you ended up <laughs> with 10 recommendations covering these questions, for example. Um, yeah. The need for platforms and mechanisms for exchange and co-learning yeah. is one of the um, items and ending up on the illustrations. And again, you, can, you, you should have a look on the illustration because it's beautiful and very... Um, very rich in information, mm. I think. It really is. I mean, this illustration specifically got given to the Sebastian Unger. I, I don't know what is... He's a special representative for the ocean of the German government. Ah, okay. Yes. I yeah. only know his title in German, but yeah. that's exactly. So, um, so, so he is really important for, for policy when it comes to the oceans in Germany. Exactly. And this was handed over to him and, and he really thought this was very valuable to have as a, as a really cool guide of 10 steps that you need To, to progress with transdisciplinary research. Yeah, um, and we were super happy that he came and it was a very great example of um, knowledge transfer, right? Exactly, so we yeah. were super happy to have him and to hand it over to him. Yeah. But we also handed over policy recommendations of these five um, projects. Exactly. Yeah, so. specifically. So those, those five projects came together and really put all their work together into these 10 steps and then individually also gave policy recommendations. And like, for instance, how I really got involved in, in that figure that we're talking about, I think it's number four or something, where our recommendation was to give uh, money to the stakeholders, because what we saw through Morisco is that often stakeholders wanted to join, but they're not paid to do so. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much um, mentioned in the proposal, in a scientific proposal, and then they have to participate, but are not reimbursed for anything. Often they have to pay for the travel out of pocket even. And it's additional time that they're not paid for. So on top of all their work, they have to do this participation in a workshop, for instance. And we saw that money from the pot that is made available for research should be made available for the stakeholders to come. So for managers from, let's say, the uh, Lower Saxon water body management uh, official place. <laughs> I don't know what it's called in English. <laughs> let's see. So our specific stakeholder there was the Lower Saxon State Department for Waterway, Coastal and Nature Conservation. And if there was money made available by the project fund, they could then be paid 
and reimbursed for their time that they spend with us. Yeah, and maybe also for the, a, a co-creation process, right? Exactly. During the application process. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So this is um, this was only one step where I was really adamant on on having it in there, and um, the other projects also got involved in in the the other steps. And uh, altogether, it, it was a really fruitful experience. Another bullet point or number on this illustration is also having fair and equitable um, partnerships. So mm -hmm. and without any power imbalances, right? Yeah, exactly. This is also very yes. crucial, and yeah. I think there's um, something we all could learn and uh, it would be great if we could all implement this in our research projects. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for coordinating that this came together, coordinating these five projects to come up with such great recommendations for the German government. It's, I think, really helpful. And the, I mean, the recommendations go beyond, but they go beyond the German government, but they have been given to them specifically as like a gesture, a symbolic gesture, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to participate, but yeah, yeah <laughs> next I mean, time. <laughs> I mean, you were there in, in spirit and, yeah. and online. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for this. Um, because I'm quite interested in, in how you got there mm -hmm. as, a, as a person. I wanted to talk about your, your CV, your personal life. Not your personal life, your professional life. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's all intermixed, right? It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So you started as a bachelor, you're a homegrown, so you yes. started your bachelor in uh, Oldenburg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was doing my bachelor's over uh, here in Oldenburg. Yeah. And I, I think my bachelor was still, uh, it was a biology bachelor. Yeah. I was always interested in, in marine wildlife, biodiversity, crabs and fish yeah. and copper pots and everything else. How did it come to be? Are you from the area? Uh, yeah, I come. I come from a, from a very small village uh, close to where the River Elbe hits the North Sea. Mm -hmm. What's it so, called? Kadenberge. Kadenberge. I'm going to make it popular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a C, Kadenberge. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody calls you Tina, right? Not Christine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and Tina teacher <laughs> is, is a super Northern German name, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I did my bachelor's over here in Oldenburg and yep. I was so lucky to be able to do an internship in Reykjavik in Iceland, mm -hmm. yes. which where we did some field, field trip and studied some rock crabs. And I also was involved. I mean, I was just standing in the corner, but I was very happy to be part of a team that was working with an autonomous underwater vehicle. Mm -hmm. It was super fancy, but back then I didn't understand really what this is all about, but it was just a great experience, right? Did you get to uh, operate it? The, no. Because the, no. that's like, <laughs> have, you, have you seen the when we commentated the swarm online uh one of the researchers then says oh just controlling a an autonomous underwater vehicle that's something that first semesters do yeah i mean i was i was touching it once right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not reality yeah. what you see on tv is not reality <laughs> yeah exactly okay and then i did my master's also in uh, oldenburg i always wanted to change and always wanted to switch to university but i was just it's I mean, just a cool Iceland? Yeah, yeah, but it's a cool place over here, right? You, yeah. It's not too big, you know. It's like a big family, I yeah, would like yeah. to say. Yeah, absolutely. So you have many chances, right? If you network and if you just get to know each other. Mm. And in, in my master's, I slightly switched and changed the direction. I was, of course, still working um, a little bit in marine biology, let's say it like this. Mm -hmm. But also started to become interested in neurobiology and genetics and yep. um, yeah, all this kind of lab stuff you can do as biologists. And what was your master's thesis topic? I hope you're not going to ask for it. Uh, sorry, that's <laughs> no, why it's, it's not on the CV. No, it's totally fine. I was actually doing it. So it was a cooperation between University of Oldenburg and AVI, Alfred Wegener Institute. Yes. Uh, so both our mother institutes of the HIFMB, right? Yeah. And I was working with a worm. 
and a fluorescent dye, basically. Okay. So I was um, dyeing the inner Flat organs worms. of a little worm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fancy. <laughs> and, and that's how you got involved with neuroscience. No, yeah. Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's true. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But it was more about this fluorescent dye. Okay. Yeah. And also during our, my master's, our master's, I wanted yeah. to say, yeah, yeah exactly. there's another thing, <laughs> which I think it's quite fun. During my master's, I was, I think, 2011, mm -hmm. I was doing a semester abroad and, uh, in Australia at the James Cook University. And I was sitting outside having a beetroot sandwich, I, I think, <laughs> surrounded <laughs> yeah. by the beautiful tropical uh, Australia. And then there was Jan sitting on the same uh, lunch table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we never met. It was the first time we met. It was quite fun. In Australia, in yeah. Townsville. <laughs> yeah, that was quite fun. And we went diving and stuff like that together. Yeah. And just a very fun anecdote. And uh, I think nine years later, I applied for my first position at yeah, HFMB. Exactly. It was an online interview. And there was Jan again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was me. <laughs> in the panel. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was weird. Like seeing seeing your your face pop up in the yeah it's like oh wow yeah. it's you yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the job because of Jan I just need to say right <laughs> no exactly no 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 because of the quality of work you've done before I hope I hope so at least yes <laughs> absolutely no um, but that was my masters coming back to that was basically my masters and then I how, how long were you in Townsville I, it was just one semester but I oh, yeah. we ended up traveling quite some some we did quite some distance in Australia yeah. And I, I think I was in Australia for nearly a year or something with a friend of mine. Nice. And then what came after that? You were a PhD student, right? At yeah, I applied for, <laughs> fun story, I applied again for um, a PhD position at the RV, but they didn't choose me. We're not going to talk about uh, which group. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. I <laughs> talked to my former um, supervisor of my bachelor thesis, mm -hmm. um, Gabi Gellach. She's also part of the HFMB. And she was like, oh, yeah, your ideas are, are fun and interesting. And, uh, but I'm not sure if you get funding for your fancy ideas you wanted to implement during your PhD. But... Listen, I have a great project and here's the proposal you can have a read and in case you like it, you can apply for it. Mm -hmm. So this is what I did, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I switched from worms to um, small freshwater fish. Yeah, zebra fish, right? Zebra fish, yeah. yeah. In my PhD, I work with basically the noses of baby fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of baby zebra fish? Yeah, baby zebra fish. Nice. Uh, about uh, kin recognition so they can smell if the water comes from their siblings or from a fish they've never met before oh, okay could this fish that they've never met before also be a, a con specific like a, yeah yeah, a, yeah like a zebra fish as well yeah, yeah. okay right um, i mean even they met this this person this fish <laughs> before but they prefer in a certain age uh, they prefer uh, as larvae basically they prefer the smell okay. of their siblings exactly okay so there was a phenomenon around it so the family sticks together yeah the family yeah. sticks together right Okay, hopefully no inbreeding. No, yeah, and that's the that's the interesting part because at a certain age of these fish, yeah. uh, some days later they don't prefer their siblings anymore, All right. and they switch in the behavior experiments. They they swim into the or towards the direction where uh, the smell is from from not from siblings anymore, but yeah. from conspecifics they are not related to. Does that time point correlate with sexual maturity? It's or? a little bit before, okay. but yes. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know this. Quite a funny story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we also studied where, of course, the, the nose, where the receptors are for detecting the smell, but also where the information is transferred into the brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and this was also at Oldenburg? Yeah, University of Oldenburg with Gabi Gellach, exactly. Yeah, nice, in the Biodiversity and Evolution of Animals group. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Sweet. And then postdoc. 
Yeah, postdoc. I again tried to go abroad. <laughs> But then a new uh, group leader from a Max Planck Institute um, came to Oldenburg mm -hmm. and he was a newly appointed professor and he was interested in um, genetic architecture in, um, again, small freshwater fish and rice fish. Yeah. And he was looking for a postdoc and I was there basically and yeah. we got, we, we would started to, to talk and talk about some potential projects. And I ended up having a great position. It was, I think, even a five years postdoc position. And it was good fun, great stuff. I was, uh, again, working with fish, having my hands in the aquarium uh, yeah. Monday to, I don't know, Fridays and doing genetic analysis and lab work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my postdoc. But after, I think, two or one years of my postdoc, my partner got sick mm -hmm. and he became a severe diagnosis. And so I decided to take care of him yeah. and do care work. Okay. He was also a researcher at the University of Oldenburg. He uh, was a postdoc to him. And um, yeah, and it was, of course, if you want to have a career in science, you have to publish, right? You yeah. have to publish. Yeah. And this is sometimes not possible if, if there's also life <laughs> in mm. between your scientific work. Yeah, and I was, uh, wasn't able to, to have my full concentration in the lab anymore. Yeah. So I wasn't publishing, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And in the same time or during the same time period, I realized that I really like to work with people. <laughs> and I mean, I enjoyed also lab work, right? Yeah. But I like to work with people to do some brainstorming, create some, I don't know, inspiring. Whatever I did was inspiring at all. But mm. I like to create new ideas, new formats. And I applied for my first scientific coordination position during that time. Mm -hmm. And it was um, an experience for me. And I know that um, some of the people I was surrounded by, they thought it's a career downgrade mm. to yeah. leave science, to leave my great um, postdoc position that was funded for three more years. And I, I mean, I stayed in science. I did a 50% uh, postdoc position, a 50% scientific coordination position. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend it because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and people <clears throat> were thinking, oh, sorry, it's, it's very, I don't know, it's very, very sorry for you that you have to Uh, leave science and, and, and do scientific coordination, do project management and stuff like that. How boring. But actually, it's not boring at all. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> and it was so great. I mean, I, as I said, also appreciated my lab work and my postdoc. But um, I started working in a research training group. Mm -hmm. And we was basically working with, I think, also 13 or 15 different projects mm -hmm. and PhD projects. And uh, it was super interesting because I had um, the chance to get a glimpse of, on so many projects, um, get to know different techniques, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But also because it was such an international cohort of PhD students, hello to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I learned so much about their culture, also scientific culture, right, about their traditions. And it was a really rich environment for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it was all about sensory, bi um, the molecular basis of sensory biology. Yeah. Nice. So nose, ear. I yeah. <laughs> magnetoreception maybe as well. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the, the research training group. Why is it called the research training group 1885? Oh, it's just a number, the funding number from right. uh, the funding um, from the DFG, the German Forschungsgemeinschaft oder Gesellschaft. I never know. Uh, the, the German Society for Research. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just a funding number 1885. <laughs> right. I thought it's the founding year. No, that would, oh, oh my God, <laughs> that would have been impressive. Yeah. Okay, and, and during that time, you were also an equal opportunity officer? Yeah. At the, is, is that the same? Uh, the same institute. Group? Okay. Uh, so, no, no, yeah. it's, I was a representative. It was just, um, yeah, one of many of the equal opportunity officers at the university, at the faculty five. Mm -hmm. 
And I was working in a team, right? I was very naive, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what uh, kind of work is going to involve this um, this, this role. Mm -hmm. But it, I learned a lot, I must say. I was quite naive, but I learned a lot. There were some conflicts. Um, I learned a lot from already experienced um, colleagues of mine. Yeah. Again, some people back in 2020, I don't know when it was, had a weird concept sometimes for equal opportunity. And they thought these positions are, I don't know, a little bit annoying, especially in interview processes, mm -hmm. because those positions were mainly there to make sure that interviews and job interviews are inclusive. Okay. And basically it. Yeah. And uh, it was um, challenging. <laughs> But also I learned a lot. Yeah. yeah. And you only did this for two years within the span of your four-year research coordination? Yeah, because yeah. I, I realized it was just too much, right? Yeah, having yeah. one postdoc position for oh, 50%, right. yeah, having yeah, yeah. one research training group and also being an equal opportunity officer, I realized yeah. that I have to cut down at some point. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. I know a couple of people who have part-time, two part-time jobs. And, and how do you properly allocate time? Like everybody expects you to work full time, not knowing that you actually work two jobs, yeah. 50% both of them. I divided it by weekdays, basically. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Mondays, this position, Tuesday, this position. And yeah. I, yeah, I tried my best. But sometimes there were, of course, a longer lab experience that run more than one day. Exactly, that's what I mean. And I just talked to most of my PIs yeah. and just organized myself in a way. But I also had a lot of freedom in both positions. So. Okay. Both of them were no micromanager, so I yeah, was nice. able to organize myself. And it was challenging, but it was also okay because I got yeah freedom and a framework that was trying to make it possible. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of like superiors in, in quotations, did you have for, for science communication, did you have somebody who who you looked up or who was basically your Yoda as a, as a scientific <laughs> coordinator? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. I think so. I, I mean, there were colleagues at the University of Oldenburg, right? I was doing my PhD also with a a group of uh, of other PhDs and we had a scientific coordinator mm -hmm. and she was uh, Beate. Hi, Beate. Yeah. Hi, Beate. <laughs> she was like a second mom to us. Yeah. <laughs> she did such a great job. Yeah. And also, of course, there's also Ferdinand Essa and other colleagues. Yeah, I know um, Ferdinand, yes. Yeah, I, I'm working with them or yeah. I work with them. But uh, when I was a PhD, they helped me a lot and uh, I liked what they were doing, actually. And mm -hmm. I think that was how I, yeah, I got interested in this yeah. this kind of job. Would you like to be the same, or, or would you like to be viewed the same later down oh, the yes. line, like as as Beata, as <laughs> like a mom, a second I've, mom? No, a second mom, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to be a second mom, but yeah. I'd like to be a person that's approachable, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, that, that leads us perfectly into into this because during your time at HIFMB, you also became a person of trust. Yeah. Um, And maybe talk about that for a second, what what that entailed. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, complex. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, HIFMB is a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the atmosphere a lot over here. Of course, there are conflicts in everyone, like in every institute. But I think it's somehow a bit special in a positive way. Mm -hmm. But uh, of course, at some point, a growing institute realizes that there will be conflicts. There will always be conflicts or mm -hmm. So maybe some mental health situations or PhD suffer from the pressure and so on. Mm -hmm. So there was a need of um, forming a group as ombudsperson or approachable people in case there is any any issues. Mm -hmm. And this is why um, the directorate or Helmut and Ruth basically called for um, a group or people that would like to volunteer for a, um, a person of trust team. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, why not? I mean, 
Let's see how much workload it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how much workload is it? Actually, no one is talking to me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think because I before I was uh, in a third-party funded project, yeah. and I wasn't involved in the core groups at of the HFME, mm -hmm. so I wasn't so visible for every for the early career researchers, for example. Yeah. So I know colleagues, some other colleagues, for example, Ut and Do, and also Marin, and mm -hmm. and uh, they've been approached way more often. Mm -hmm. um, but it's yeah, it's it's not only about the workload, right? It's also about the topics you are exposed to right mm -hmm. so of course it's not always not everything is great and happy and there's some people that um yeah have conflicts or suffer from some personal or from some situations so mm -hmm. these are not always nice and entertaining and great stories right so you have to be able to to listen to them and try to seek for um, some solutions and yeah so mm -hmm. this, i think it's not so much about the workload but about what you are exposed to yeah okay managing again managing your mental health yeah managing mental health for example or um yeah i think the career stage of a phd is i think one of the most in intense uh, career stages you can be in right there's power dynamics there's some mm. um, expectations you have to publish You have to be super, uh, there has to be a certain amount of output and it's it's intense, right? Did you feel that as well during your PhD and, and that it's more intense as compared to your later stages as a postdoc? Yes and no, because I think I was super naive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was super protected, you know, it's like very having a great environment. But okay. no, I, I could sense it, of course, I could feel it. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of I think uh, successful PhD careers they they stand and fall with a good environment with yeah. a good supervisor. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I have on my list here the scientific coordinator for the integrated research training group, yes. which <laughs> is a different one. At, It's a different one, okay. exactly. The first research training group on the molecular basis of sensory biology that ran, I mean, the project funding was over. Mm -hmm. And so there was another big um, group, a CRC, an SFB, a collaborative research center. Mm -hmm. They work with um, magnetic orientation or navigation in vertebrates. Ah, okay. So they um, had the need. They they started their second funding period, mm -hmm. um, DFG funded again, mm -hmm. and they saw the need of a research training group, of course. And I was really happy because I was um, already involved in shaping the research training group for the application process. Mm -hmm. And there was a an experience I've never had before to be asked by the PIs, professors, you've got some experience, would you like to... Um, brainstorm with us and um, yeah just shape shape how the research training group is going to be in the future mm -hmm. it was super great and yeah. i was really thankful to be part of this writing process i mean my colleague my former um, supervisor karin dedek she was the person and heiko schmajohan sorry hi heiko <laughs> <laughs> they were mainly writing it but i was uh, yeah i was it was great fun and great experience yeah great but but all this was 50 percent, right all, all of yeah. your scientific coordination yeah. Uh, roles up to that point were yeah, 50% exactly. like part-time. Yeah, I was so in parallel to this to this position to the research training group in the animal ma navigation group, I mm -hmm. was um, having my Syncray Ocean project um, yeah, at yeah. HFMB. Okay. Yeah. But now you've made the move to the marine governance group. Finally, I yeah. have one full-time position. As scientific coordinator. <laughs> As scientific coordinator, right. I saw the <laughs> job post actually at the HFMB website. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Hmm, why not? And <laughs> uh, marine governance, that's something I've never, I mean, I've I've been in touch with these topics in my Belmont Forum or some Grey Ocean project, mm -hmm. but I'm not a specialist on these topics, right? I'm, I'm a biologist by yeah. training. Yeah. But I thought it's very interesting what the group is doing. And of course, I was 
at some point also interested in having just one position and not two position, two 50% positions. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I've listened to Kim's podcast, Kim, yeah. Kimberly Peters. She's a group lead. Yeah. I said, okay, she really, she sounds like a nice person and what she's doing is interesting. <laughs> and I, I just applied. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. And successfully. Yeah, I was super lucky. Yeah. It's my fourth week now in my new position. Oh, right. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> maybe maybe like advising your, your former self, would you do this route that you've taken, maybe without the forced break in between, but would you do the same route again, becoming a scientific coordinator? Yes, yes, yeah. definitely yes, but not so chaotic. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> not this 50% <laughs> uh, part-time thing. Exactly, yeah. it was it was quite messy or chaotic with uh, my different career steps, yeah. but I appreciate it so much. I think it's super great and super inspiring to work with uh, scientific projects, to be yeah. involved in, I mean, I'm not involved scientifically, but... I get yeah I get insights from so many some so different projects. I learn a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like a bachelor student at the moment because <laughs> I learn some concepts of marine governance and stuff like that. It's yeah. super interesting. But also on the other hand I have the freedom to create my own uh, sub projects to create some new formats to Like what for instance? Can you say? Uh, so this is not clear for the new position but okay. I know that there's a fancy aquarium project and I might be involved. Uh, but a fancy what? Aquarium uh, project. Oh, yeah, okay, so fi right. again fish and tanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something I love. Yes. But this is not, I mean, we, we need to figure out together. And there's also um, ideas for, uh, yeah, some secret ideas. I, I can't tell yeah, you, but it, but in case we implement it, it it's going to be on the HFMB website and okay. maybe also on the podcast. Yeah, yeah great. But there's going to be great stuff, hopefully, coming around the corner. Absolutely. And I think like maybe the route that you've taken is now helping the position as a scientific coordinator because you've been through the PhD, you've been through a yeah. postdoc phase, you've experienced this all. And now if people come to you as a person of trust or as a scientific coordinator, you already know what kind of problems or some of the problems they've experienced likely. I hope I hope I hope I can help. Yeah, you've, you've gone through it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's true. Yeah, nice. So we are already past the 45 minute mark. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Do, do you have anything that wasn't mentioned that you maybe want to highlight? I think I just want to say one thing. It's not a downgrade if you decide to make a career in science coordination or science management. I think it's a super great option to still be involved in, in science and still be involved in projects. But yeah. Uh, work with people and uh, just motivate people, try to generate platforms to bring them together. I think it's a great, great job. Yeah. It's so people do it if you're interested in it. Exactly. And like scientific coordinators like yourself, like Ruth, like Sophie at the Institute here, they are so invaluable. Like this project, I was involved in this workshop in, in Berlin, making that happen. And, and it's a, such a big help to us as well. So thank you so much for yeah. all the work you're doing. <laughs> it's incredible. Thank you for being part of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. okay. Have a bye, great day. everyone. Bye bye. See ya. Want to dive deeper? Surf over to hifmb.de or follow us on Twitter at hifmb underscore ol.